0: Mike knows, like, so like the biggest names in comedy dude. You gotta see this guy's fucking show list. He, like, has, like, the biggest names on uh, in comedy on his, on his show. It's kind of unreal, Mike, how you do that.
1: The best po- panel pod on the internet.
0: This is what the show's about, Nick. We have our finger on the pulse of America's
2: uh, <laughs> trends. Obama is the actual devil. Crocodile the- Dundee was cool.
3: Yeah! Welcome to Hope with Mike Breidenstine. Mike Breisenstein, shout out Rick Gonzalez, shout out Bad Planet, shout out Jared Barr, shout out None Taken Podcast, shout out No Coast Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I got my second vaccine, slept a lot, peed even more. I peed so much. People keep asking me about an episode I did in July of 2019 with social media expert and audience growth specialist Josh Spector. It's episode 22 of this podcast, so apparently it's not on Apple Podcasts anymore, and people wanted to see it, so I decided to repost it on this episode after the panel, but when I looked, that episode is over two hours long, and I'm not going to put out a three-hour episode yet. I might in the future, but not at this point, so I'm going to post half of it in this episode. If you've heard it before, it's still fun. I listened back to it, and I was like, this is the, this is a good refresher. But that is going to be at the end of this episode. But first, I got the world's greatest panel. Simon King is here. First time, long time. The pride of Vancouver. Way back in 2008, I hung out with two different comics at the TBS Festival in Vegas that made me think, this is the funniest guy in the world. One of the two was Tom Segura and the other was Simon King. He's hilarious. He's got albums you should check out. I regret not making him do impressions on here. Ryan Moran is here. He is the vice president of comedy talent and original series development at Comedy Central. He's been a production manager on things like Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, Adam Devine's House Party, This Is Not Happening, Roast Battle, and a ton more. I'm impressed. Nina Tar is back. Persian-American comedian, actress, vinyl DJ. From Hacks on HBO Max. From Punked, From Viceland. She does this show a lot. You guys like her. Shane Torres is back. One of the best. From Conan. From Stephen Colbert. From Comedy Bang Bang. He's got a half hour on Comedy Central. Get his albums too. Brooks Whelan is back. From The Summit in Iowa City. From Comedy Central. Conan. Seth Meyers. Saturday Night Live. He's the host of Entry Level. At one point... I say Charles Coke when I mean Bill Coke. I feel like nobody who listens to this would try to um, actually, a Coke brother. But I'll save you the DM. And without further ado, here are Simon, Ryan, Nina, Shane, and Brooks. Go ahead and hit subscribe.
2: I told Brad I was middle of a run and had to sprint home to make this. That's
3: I appreciate now. it.
2: So that Taurus has no excuse. I was three miles. You from think my he's house jogging somewhere? Twenty Is minutes to that- <laughs>
3: I wanna open I do wanna open by talking about Elon Musk on S N L. Ryan or Simon, did you watch it?
1: I, I didn't watch it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I I, I actually I sparingly I watch S N L as it is and it was just one of those things where it had the same vibe to it as when Trump was on. It had that same sort of like yeah. weird sort of like ratings grabby here's someone who's it was just it was just too odd for me and I just I just didn't you know, I I, I was getting drunk instead.
0: I didn't watch it either. It's I mean it it was I I mean it's a it's a bit of a brilliant choice for a host though because I heard more about SNL the last 2 weeks than I've heard in yeah. years.
3: Like.
2: Yeah. No, it was like it was awful. I, I hate when it's in the news that much and it was in the news so much. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, it was a great I mean Lauren's a fucking
3: genius. Here's the thing though, hey Nina.
4: Hey, what's up?
3: Do you remember Brooks when as like as a kid who liked wrestling? Rulon Gardner was the greatest, like, the, the the most watched wrestling match of all time?
2: Yeah, I hated that.
3: Right. Everyone hate, who liked wrestling hated it because it was just two big fatzos, like, bumping into each other. And then yeah, it's, people it's, were it, like, that's it, what it that's,
2: is. It's, yeah, you're right. It's stunt casting. It's like, we're going to get the most eyeballs on the least funny show of the year. It's actually, I don't know if it's smart or not.
3: Right, because then people are like, this show sucks now. <laughs>
2: I asked a couple people who watched it if it's even worth hate watching and they go,
3: no. Okay. Watch. I'll tell you what to watch. Watch the opening monologue. And if you can watch it with my wife. So she squirms out of her seat and has to leave the room and says, Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. I can't. Oh (laughs) Jesus.
2: It's gotta be better than literally any Bill Maher
4: monologue.
3: I will say that. Nina, did you watch it?
4: I did. I did. I watched it.
3: You got hot takes?
4: Okay. All right. First of all, how fucking ridiculous... That whole mom segment, did they have, like, a gun behind all their fucking mother's (laughs) heads You were like, you get on fucking SNL. You know, it was so awkward. They were like... Because some of them were, like, you know, hammy and everything, but others are like... "Ah, ah, ah." (laughs) And I was like, this is awful. And then the interjecting of, like, Miley Cyrus singing, I was like, this is the most... Like, it it felt so irrelevant. And then, but I gotta say, man, some of the sketches were kind of funny, dude. But I think that's more so the writing as opposed to, like, Elon. And, And what the fuck is this, like, I felt like SNL, after having Trump host, and then, you know, years back, like, years later being like, oh, shit, that was such a fucking stupid, horrendous idea to humanize a fucking monster. And then it's like, I know Elon Musk isn't like the same as Jeff Bezos, but I think he just has better PR. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think he might be also a nefarious psycho.
2: I think he has no PR. I think there's yeah. no one that tells that guy what to do. Yeah. Also, mean, the whole mom stuff's bullshit. That pissed me off just because like when my parents visited, I was told before they're like, hey, Lauren does not want to meet your dad. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't planned on it, but now I'm scared to have him
3: even <laughs> <laughs> Unless your dad is Paul Simon, like, that's
2: not what that show is. This show is not about family.
4: <laughs> I think a sense of like togetherness, but I mean, there were some things that were funny. I just like, I don't know, man. It's like, why are we trying to turn people? People are already. We're all entertainers. We're fucking struggling to entertain more people. It's like, hey, this fucking guy who doesn't give it, who's not an entertainer. Let's give him a fucking shot. I'm like, no, man. Why?
2: Why? Ugh. So we talk about it on this podcast?
3: Yeah. So we get. So we're talking about it. I wish it was during Father's Day. His dad owned an emerald mine in South Africa, which is what my dad did.
2: I um. The, my last sketch I ever tried to get on there was just like a force fed that we don't get to do one during Father's Day. I wanted to thank my dad because he's why I do comedy and just list all his faults.
3: <laughs>
2: and, uh, it was I still I still wanted that. I really wish I got that on there.
3: I do have other billionaire space news. I'll give this one to Simon. Um they sent an expensive bottle of wine into space to see how it would age. And- <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: how much money we got? That's how much money we have to waste.
3: It's now <laughs> selling for one million dollars.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. When, yeah, when do you,
3: when do we start killing them? You
1: got to deal with someone going. I can get it, but it's gonna be a while. Like, like I gotta go to the back. Like what? The fuck? <laughs> so we're sending cars into space. We're sending. Uh, so what have we sent into space as humans? We've sent dogs, monkeys, uh, cars, uh, monkeys. We've sent uh, wine. What else? What the fuck? Why Rockets. Are we- Rockets. Oh, is this how humans break up with Earth? You know how when you were living with somebody, slowly move shit out of their house? Like is that what it is? Are we just slowly moving oh, out of Earth?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we're just hoping it floats to Mars so that shit's there when we show up. We're going to need wine. What the hell, man? Like
3: apparently, I, I wrote down what they said. They had it, they taste tested this shit. Uh it resembled rose petals and it smelled like cured leather <laughs> or a campfire. A million bucks. Oh.
2: I hope they sent up like Robert Mondavi. I hope they sent up. Yeah, <laughs> 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 a
4: Carlo Rossi job. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
3: <laughs> they send up Franzia and my mother.
1: If if rich people were smart, they'd be sending all the
3: guillotines off the fucking planet <laughs> to save themselves in the future. There you, you know go. what I mean? That's the one. Anybody want to guess what the most expensive wine was before this?
2: <sighs> Thomas Jefferson.
3: Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> Wait, did
4: the you just say name that sounded old.
2: Thomas no, Jefferson. I bought a lot of wine docs, and like the wine that he grew sells for a lot.
3: Sour grapes. Did you watch that one?
2: Oh, did I? Yeah, it's a great doc. You guys. It is a great doc. I
3: it's watched best Psalm best. one, Psalm two, Psalm three.
2: Sour grapes rules because it's not like uh, one of the Koch brothers is a victim. Anytime a Koch brother is a victim, I love that fucking story. That's. That-
4: in what like or like he
2: got duped he bought, like a billion dollars worth of fake wine yeah that like eight it's so good and the guy they catch is just this philip like i think taiwanese or filipino like poor dude it's so good
3: in this guy's kitchen he just makes fake wine and it like tricks the coke brothers and sells, so it to, sells it to charles coke And then, but then Charles Koch hires like all the ex FBI and CIA agents to go fuck this guy's life up. Yeah, they ruin
2: his life so bad.
3: You should see Sour Grapes. It makes you root for a Koch brother.
2: No, it doesn't.
3: (laughs) Shane. Whoa.
2: Shane's coming at us straight from a prison
5: cell. (laughs) How are things in your substitute class, Brooks? I, uh, you got here. You did the same thing. I at least. Am I insane I...
3: or does it sound like you're on helium? Or is it
5: just me being? This is how I get when I'm upset. When Brooks gives me shit, he's too, a chipmunk,
3: right? Am I crazy?
5: you look a little nasally.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a little upset. Yeah, you, guys I...
4: are, you guys are, really. Him and Shane,
1: he just got here. What the hell? I Thank swear, you. his is, fucking
3: Jesus. microphone is off. I'm not crazy, right? Roasting his ass you... right now.
1: There's a, there's a love it's. If you turn that off, you turn off your John Lovitz filter. My
5: John Lovitz filter? Is that what you just said? <laughs> it's
1: not like John Lovitz. It's not. That's the mic. That's the, the version of Zoom.
2: Acting. What if John Lovitz Comedy Club is the only comedy club that came back
5: during COVID?
3: I like John Lovitz Comedy Club, but I... Lovitz, what is a
5: matter like with so you? Bad.
3: I've been three stories, and they ride right on top of you. I liked it.
5: Yeah, I'd love performing in between a Fud Ruckers and a Build-A-Bear in a mall with people who don't live in that city.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you have to you park in the curious George lot three miles away. Yeah.
3: They let so you park in Frankenstein for free.
5: If I'm lucky, one of those mobile bicycle keg parties will roll through in the middle of my set. <laughs> That's what actually all the
3: seats are there. Dude,
2: that place uh, is a nightmare.
5: Ah, uh, that's where I bombed right before I bombed on Last Comic Standing. I really, oh. I like, yeah.
1: Um,
2: this really happened. I was desperate. I found out last second I was going to get to t- uh, audition for SNL. The only person who let me go up the night before was Emily LaForge. She was booking John Levitt's comedy club. I bombed so bad with my exact audition that I told the crowd, I go, and they said he's going to run this in for Saturday Night Live tomorrow. I bombed so bad, I told him, imagine if you see me on this show. <laughs> Imagine if this is what they pick. Emily and LaFord
3: booked. She booked Lovitz. Bring her back to everything.
2: She booked Lovitz for like three months, and like was the only person who fucking threw me a bone when I was like, "Look, man, I need to know Wait, like bro,
0: where did you? Where did you end up doing your SNL audition?
2: Uh, it was at uh, I O West. Uh, no, it was I O. Yeah, I O West, and it was the best room I've ever been in. Really. Yeah. I don't know what. It was like a rare where you've all seen it and you've all done it where you're funnier. You do. You have a better set than you are funny. I was like, that is not.
3: You said that that on a podcast one time you go, have you ever been funnier than you are? And I was like, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah,
2: I was way funnier than I was. It was nuts. Everything lined up. Then I got there. They were like, that's not the guy.
1: That, do you think it helped that you tanked so hard before, though? Do you think that, like, got it all out of your system when you did the Lovitz Club? You're like, well, it's not going to get any worse than this, because I feel like that sometimes if I have it, if it's just the worst, worst-case scenario right before something big, and then I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed now. That's it. And then I just, it kind of all comes together. Kind of a comedy was- colonic. Yeah, <laughs> there you- <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think, think that so. the only reason it worked so well at iOS is because I was I did stand up in the middle of like 30 people doing tight characters and stand up yeah. is so much funnier with a live audience than just character showcases And it was like right, a, right in the middle. Yeah, it's not
5: really a good format for those people
2: Yeah, so it worked out great yeah. for me in front of a live audience but then when I went and did the test to no audience It was a nightmare. And like that's where a showcase does work. It's like, look at these characters I can do versus stand up. I'm like, this is fucking going bad.
3: Mine went so bad. I drove a car through the front of that place. (laughs) That's what happened to iOS. Ryan Moran, Rolling Stone magazine, the authority on everything, ranked the 100 greatest sitcoms of all time. I'm going to tell you the top ten. I want you to tell me what is the most wrong with this. You work in television. You'll be good at this. Number one, The Simpsons. First of all, is that a sitcom? Yes. Okay. Number two, Cheers. Number three, Seinfeld. Number four, I Love Lucy. Five, All in the Family. Six, MASH. Seven, Mary Tyler Moore. Eight, Honeymooners. Nine, Parks and Rec. Ten, Larry Sanders Show. What is the dumbest one that's in there? What is the craziest omission? It's okay to say uh, Cosby Show. This show did nothing.
0: I I think The Simpsons at one is wrong. I think Parks and Rec in the top ten is more wrong.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: How can you have Parks and Rec but not The Office, which created the format for Parks and Rec?
3: Or the British Office, which created The Office, which created the yeah. format.
2: Yeah, <laughs> 15 episodes of that. There's like 300
3: of the other one. Parks and Rec was better than oh. 30 Rock.
0: No. No.
2: no. We're and saying also... Parks
3: and Rec sucks.
5: Doesn't <laughs>
2: suck. It's not a top ten. Okay.
5: okay. Yeah, I'm saying, and also Larry Sanders show should be way up there. Like that show is. Incredible. It is. It's,
4: it's ten. It's like, 10 10 I mean, uh, Is 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 uh, is that considered a situational comedy though? Like what? Larry Sanders. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's like kind of doesn't feel that sitcommy. It was like right. breaking the mold of like of television at the time, but it doesn't feel like what I think a sitcom is. But maybe that definition has like been, you know, murky, you know? Right.
0: But, it feels you know. like these are just half hour comedy shows.
3: Yeah. 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 Wait, wait it, if it, does the situation have to be a family? Can the situation be the Larry Sanders I show?
4: Multicam like as well? Like is that yeah, then, like an then, element of it?
3: Like Kirby Enthusiasm time time. is a sitcom. Yeah.
5: And then Cheers is not a sitcom if it's like if it has to have a family cheers at number two is
2: pretty wild i mean i feel like if you're gonna do number two it should be like a i love lucy or a honeymooners thing yeah. that like
4: created the that or even seinfeld i feel like seinfeld is something that is like an instant classic like that's something that like regardless of it's like seinfeld is like on par with like shakespeare it's like it doesn't matter how fucking many years it goes on it's still relevant because it's about human nature so yeah. it's it's like the time it, it can it's Completely timeless. It's evergreen. And someone else yeah.
3: secretly, secretly wrote it. Exactly like
2: honeymooners. Everybody always wants to hit a lady. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, we are close mouthy, you
1: yeah. know. Um, yeah. Is this? This is only because this is only North American or American shows then. Because yeah, I feel like a lot of holes in the top ten. Because I mean, I you know, comedy subjective. Fair enough, but yeah, cheers. Look, oh, man, Kitty versus Spinny is not <laughs> a top ten. Sorry.
3: We My, have two shows. My parents got into Letter and won't shut the fuck up about it.
1: Oh yeah, that one's blowing up right now. I mean, for us, anything over like a million viewers is a big deal up here.: like, you I always know thought Slater Kenny was pretty hilarious.
5: Slater Kenny, so, yeah: <laughs> Well, yeah, certain we, members of it are,
3: so, yeah, you know,
1: very limited. Uh,
5: you thinking of
3: Portlandia?:
1: Yeah,
5: I thought that was the same thing.
3: <laughs> what about South Park? South Park is a sitcom.
5: I, South Park's my favorite
2: TV show of all time.: Yeah.
0: I and mean, it, it is. surprising I think it's not in there too because it almost seems like they they put a lot of emphasis on on longevity, right? You know, like yeah, that's I, I mean that has
5: to be why the Simpsons are number one right. in this guy in this person's list because
4: let's yeah, be I, honest, for
5: like twenty two years they've been cutting out a bunch of turds.
4: I I don't. I, uh, true, but I would say Simpsons has like so much a cultural relevancy and it, because it one it's been on for a long time, but it's like it has also the probably the most global reach. Like it's like significantly more popular like, even now in, like, South America, than it is, like, and it's also, like, expand- I mean, it's, it's, like, the most syndicated show, right? I would assume. I, I don't know. Yeah, but, but let's like- be honest. This guy...
5: This person is not considering their syndication abilities in South America. But also, but like, listen general, like... <laughs> They're huge in Portugal! That's yeah. good, but you get it. Not right in list.
3: South America. Not in South <laughs> also, America.
5: No, I, I did say that. And also, okay, no arrest the I at have a question
2: for Ryan. Ryan, when can we just get another six days to air? Just get some fucking cameras on those two guys. Yeah, everybody love that. Documentary. Yeah. I watch it once a year. It's,
0: it's, it's so good. It's the so best...
2: Good. You watch geniuses work.
0: Yeah, and that's, it's such a unique way to produce a show that, like, just peeling back the curtain for those are so, it's so good, and it would be amazing if they did another one. Every
2: idea, Yeah, like, every idea Trey says, I'm like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard.
0: It probably ultimately comes down to them wanting to do it, you know? If they wanted to do it, I would imagine we'd be like, yeah, let's do it.
3: I had an an
5: audition. That'd be a foolish move if you guys were like, we're good, fellas.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, hey got some, Trey and Matt's got some more ideas. Uh, we're pretty cool guys. Yeah.
5: Also, we're refusing to sign Michael Jordan in his prime while we're at it.
6: <laughs>
4: don't give the people what they want. That is new motto. Don't
5: Keep them wanting more, baby.
4: And don't deliver what they want.
1: That's how I run my career.
3: <laughs> That's how I tell myself I'm writing. That's <laughs> I'm trying to do Uh, Nina Tarr, who do you have in this GOP civil war? The only thing in the news last week when I looked up the news, I just looked up, I googled the news, (laughs) and it was Liz Cheney, daughter of Dick Cheney, Yes, yes. the hill that she wants to die on is saying the election wasn't stolen, and it's like illegal in Republican circles to say that Joe Biden won the election and it wasn't stolen. So there's a big fight between who you Uh, got, Liz Cheney, daughter of Dick Cheney, or Donald Trump.
4: I mean... I feel like she's out for, like, a good cause, but it just feels like somebody who is, like, you know, under Gorbals being like, I, the whole time, I mean, I, it's not like I didn't like the Jews, and now, it's like she's reneging on something that, like, she should have, like, I, I don't know, I think that, like, a lot of, like, Republicans that, like, you know, they're like, well, I'm a Republican, but I don't stand for this person. It's like, the, the symbology, I think, is one of the most dangerous things ever. You know, I think a lot of people will like they'll they'll stand idly by like they will, uh, you know, Bill Hicks would say it, it's just like people that like die for the flag. Like you can get thrown in jail for, you know, burning the flag, but you will completely uh, stand idly by while people do things that like proverbially stop all over it, you know, and it's like. I have, like, I mean, I think she's taking a good stand. I was actually listening to an episode of The Daily Today about that because she is, like, she's probably going to get, like, thwarted. But, like, I feel like she's also doing it, like, I don't, um, believe it or not, I'm not like most girls. I don't trust politicians. Um, And I feel like she's doing it for Proud her own you. career. She's doing it to, like, maybe, like, get out of politics, do something, like, like I'm not, like, because there's so many Republicans that, like, are like her. There's, there's a lot of Republicans that don't support Donald Trump, you know? And, and I think maybe she's trying to be the person on, the, on, on that side, holding, you know, the flag being like, it's me, you know? So I don't know. I feel like it's, it's self-interest because anybody that like wants her name to, in the paper, you know what I mean? It's like the fact that she's like getting mm-hmm. a lot of like,
3: there's gotta be a reason that she's doing this. Yeah.
4: Also speaking of
2: six days to air, Ryan, <laughs> let's get six days in Mar-a-Lago. We got to follow you. I love these like updates of what he's up to down there. He fucking does, like, little stand-up sets every night. It's insane.
5: Uh, he's just, like, wandering into, like, private parties and stuff, right? Yeah, he's just, just like, like, I'm here. Just he eating, crab, here eating, eating crab cakes and then doing 10 minutes. Give Donald
3: Trump the stand-up special he's always wanted. You hired him. They young. already
4: did that. They the
3: already up did that. To it. The lead-up for up it. it.
4: Once, I think that, that, I mean, he's honestly, once we get, a, like, a few, more, a few more years away from this, I mean he was a bad guy, but he was pretty fucking hilarious. Let's be honest. Was so I funny. mean, he was so fucking funny. He's like, there's like, so like a hard. okay, there's a bit that he is on he's like on some fucking he's he's like, you know, talking to his 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 it's minions fun. and he's like somebody like overlaid the Seinfeld theme song to it and he's like, These paper straws, you know? I mean, first of all, we we can have pla- we get a plastic forks and knives, we got these paper straws you ever drink out of a paper straw, you know, disintegrates in oh. your mouth like <laughs> and that's it. I'm like this is this is why people love him. He's like hilarious. He's really funny. Did you see?
2: Have you seen any of the videos where he's just like in a tan beige skin colored like sweatpants, just mumbling to like a dozen people? It's so
5: I love him. Brooks, will you send that to me? I don't. I've not seen yeah, that. I would I'll love send to see it to that. You. It <laughs> sounds like something that would like like he's doing this, giving this speech in a beige sweatsuit. And then all of a sudden, cops roll up, and it's you, we just hear bad boys. Like, it's, like it's, the most, it's the most white trash Florida thing I've ever heard.
1: It's like he's living the life he's always wanted now, though, because he can just wander around. Like, before, it was just like, uh, Donald's here, but now it's like, uh, ex-president Donald. So he gets to swan around in his beige tracksuit and just wander in like any other old man down there. <laughs> just, like, wanders around. A
5: beige tracksuit. That's so crazy. Gross! Oh, oh, dude, it's so gross. gross.
1: God, yeah. I, just
2: love-
5: <laughs> I want to wear a tracksuit the color of the first brawl. Let's just
3: <laughs>
1: I love the idea that he's-, he's changed that color because the tracksuit was that color, and he's slowly but surely blending. So you'll you'll be like a bad duck uh, alien eventually, just this blob of like beige wandering around as he fades. Into-
5: <laughs> He loses his hair, and it's just like a fucking thing of silly putty walking around.
3: (laughs) Joe Quizala had a tweet that I loved this week. Uh, He said that people are asking stand-ups who they think is the funniest person, hoping that they say Chappelle or Seinfeld. But 99% of the time, it's some recluse who quit 10 years ago. (laughs) So I wanted to see, starting with with you, if you found any uh, truth to that. that tweet
2: i did tell um i had a a, hanging out my friends the other day i did tell a mike well i don't want to say his name because i think he's still going but it was a similar i was like this is the funniest joke i ever heard i don't know where this guy lives anymore Uh,
5: (laughs) 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 sometimes they just show up when you're in their town wherever they move back to That happened to me the other night. I was in Indy and this guy came up and was like, I haven't seen you in years. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, how are you?
3: (laughs) I immediately pictured two different people in Chicago that, like, who would kill me whenever they went up on stage. But, you know, they look like Duck Dynasty now.
2: (laughs) My joke about Kinane... uh, It's it's not
3: Kyle. Kyle still does stand-up.
2: I know. his new look he debuted as he's finally in his... uh, he has evolved into his final Pokemon. Uh slow <laughs> evolution and now
1: he's in his final form. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle's really gone that way where right? they do it kind of looks like he's been dug up recently. Like Which way was he gonna go? He's been alone for a year. He already had a beard
5: and a scratchy voice. Oh, we expect him to get sober? Why? <laughs> Portland, what a what a nightmare! It's not like he was living like a recluse. Do you know how depressing Portland can be when there's no bar to go to and it's just raining all the time? Yeah,
2: yeah. I met up with him on my way back from Seattle, and we shot guns in the woods. It was pretty fun.
3: Uh, but yeah. he's
2: he was but a yeah, little fun guy. Oh, man, this is this is a real
3: treat. And I'm like, we're shooting at a tree. Did you see the video of his <laughs> sisters when the cops show up?
5: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I talked to him about it, but I, di- I didn't actually see it, but he told me about it.
3: Oh, it looks like they're, I mean, he, he's exactly what you think you're going to get when you show up to a place with your guns drawn, I think. He did
1: have a bit of a squatter vibe about him when he came <laughs> yeah. out. It was a little bit of that, because it was like the back door, I guess, was open or something. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> I guess they thought it was like someone to make an enter or whatever, and then he comes out. Do you do a good Kyle. Uh, okay, okay. You know, I could do a little bit, sure. Yeah. That's pretty
5: good. Really good. Adomian's is amazing. Yeah. Have you, seen, you ever seen him do that, where, where he it's reads not- from Warshak's <laughs> journal? It's Kyle <Alkanain laughs> oh, reading from yeah. Warshak's oh, journal. Oh, my God. a like, comedian died in New York tonight. <laughs> Tell me about it. It <laughs> sticks.
1: <laughs> Someone sent me that clip of Adomian doing, like, um, Marin and um, Pepitone. His Pepitone is... His Pepitone
4: um, thaw- It's like, completely spot on.
1: I couldn't believe he's, it I, he's
4: such a good impressionist. He's like okay. the, that person who I'm like, he, why isn't he more famous? Because he's also so salt of the earth. He's like the kindest, most like sweet man, and he's fucking hilarious. And he's just one of the best impressionists. And I'm like,
1: <laughs> well, he should start at the Star company. Maybe he'll get on TV. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's Simon, Ryan, Nina, Shane, and Brooks. There's a hunk group on Facebook, if you want, since we were talking about Facebook. And if you want video of that panel and, like, 57 other panels, that's on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Brido. We have World Series reviews. I posted my 11th Chicago Comedy History Project bonus show. That's a mouthful. This week with Andy Lurie. I got some good feedback on the Jen Kerwin one, uh, but check out Andy Lurie. That's on Patreon.com slash BrideO. If you want more of me, I was on the Buffer podcast with my friends Joel Krausar and Tony Tone. This time I was on a panel ranking baseball movies with friend of the show and future governor of Iowa, J.D. Scholten. No big deal, but I did it on the night of my second shot. That show is on Apple Podcasts. You should check it out. Those boys are great. Okay, we'll get back to the show after a brief word from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Urbandale, Iowa. Learn to defend yourself. Get back in shape. COVID made you way less hot. That can be fixed by black belt instructor and fide hunk Jared Barr. He's been on the show. If you're in the Des Moines area, stop getting your ass kicked. Go go plata the fuck out of life until it taps. No-coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Tell them Brito sent you.
2: Hi, this is Dustin with Nun Taken Podcast, and I have listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstein.
0: Hey, it's Alan with Nun Taken. I also have listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstein,
2: And you clearly listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstein. so maybe you might like our show, too. We post weekly episodes covering current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. Give us a listen. You can find us wherever you found Hunk with Mike, or go to our website, nuntakenpod.com and now back to the world's greatest panel
3: is it just me or do those guys sound pretty hot anyway before we get to josh specter here's the thrilling conclusion of simon ryan nina shane and brooks james austin johnson's right on his tails though james austin johnson he's doing great stuff so good so uh, those
4: Trump okay. impressions, like stream of consciousness Trump that he does, is like so. Mm. I, it's just so accurate, and then it makes it. It does humanize the man because you're just like, oh, this is why. Like with what, what, like Brooks and I were saying, it's just like he is pretty fucking fun. Like Trump is funny, and then you know you have we have not listened to his like like Trump's diatribes that he gives when he's like firing up his audience, you know. But it's like he is like a really compelling public speaker, and he tells yeah. people what they want to hear, and he's like. Funny and trying. Imagine you go to like a Trump rally and you're listening to him for like three fucking hours. Like, you know, we listen to sound bites and things where he's just like, you know, just racist or xenophobic or, you know, anti science or misogynistic. We're not hearing like those are the punctuated bits, but the parts in between, I'm sure he's like, oh, he's fucking telling knee slappers. He's like making little quips. He's I doing know. little dingers and shit like that. Like,
5: Trump rallies got to be like fish concerts. People are going to them because that's the only <laughs> thing they're into. It's yeah. fucking bullshit, yeah. and the smell is probably worse.
1: Late Show Friday, <laughs> like, just always doing the Late Show Friday. Like it's just all those people just wandering in, just like woo! And just like okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Fish concert smells like champa, but like a Trump rally smells like Miracle Whip and Bo. So that's like the only. Yeah. There's like some intersections.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's
5: just like a lot of. It's like a lot of. Fat cat back. back of knees that's what i feel like the back of knees are just like heavy set backs of knees you know when you see somebody's
4: house. body and you're like that looks painful to inhabit like how would you yeah, get it I Walk me every
5: this. every goddamn day
4: well, I'm <laughs> but it's like there, there's some people who I'm like how did you get like like there's some people that are just like regular fat like that makes sense to me but some people have i'm like they're
2: I'm just going to log off
5: while Nina gets canceled real quick. <laughs> yeah. Look at these piglets that are always around Trump's teeth suckling.
3: <laughs> they love it. They love being called little piggies, though.
5: <laughs> What's up, my little piggies? <laughs>
3: I'm going to call this episode Fat Backs of Knees, just so you know. <laughs> I do have ben a horse tr- in the fat back of knees. <laughs> that's your, that should be your, that's need, my jam band. That's my need a jam band. band now. God damn it. You had yeah, to get one. Yeah, yeah. Uh I do have a jam Trump question. Right. I never have Trump questions anymore, but this is, he can't get on Facebook, Simon. He can't get on the Facebook. I heard this and I was <laughs> like, why does he went on? Like, I don't, I think that I'm thinking about getting off of Facebook. Why would he went on <laughs> this goddamn thing? Yes. A
2: decade ago, psychopath.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I got off Facebook.
1: You're just now thinking about?
3: No, I, I like to go on there when I want to post something, but I want like four likes.
1: <laughs> what You're, is the point then? You don't want an old relative to sign their name on the comments? That's not what you want? <laughs> that, I want it. All, I just, too many psychos at the beginning of the pandemic and I was just like, I can't, I, something's got to give. It. It's either Facebook or my family. So I'm just like, it's got to be Facebook. I couldn't take it I I anymore.
2: I was telling my mom to get off Facebook the other day because she's, you know, she's like, well, on Facebook, you know, I was like, Mom, get off Facebook. She's like, I don't do anything except for I'll post a prayer every once in a while. I'm like, that's nuts. <laughs> that's crazy. That's bad shit. Fucking crazy. You post prayers on Facebook? That's,
4: that's sweet. Like, Let her live.
5: What nah, yeah. is the difference between that and the sending out good vibes and will to like like I, I don't
3: it's the same it. thing,
5: you know? They're both nuts. Uh,
2: I would tell her not to do either.
5: Yeah.
4: What I like about Yeah, me, so yeah but like
5: me. you're not dogging like our friends who have quit comedy and are now yoga instructors putting out but a healthy no, ma- What are you doing? <laughs> no, I, you I, don't. I, you're I such like a, you know. you're so close. Cool you, if somebody put the rotary up, you'd be like, this is ridiculous. And then like, I hate. Hold on.
3: Brooks can't, the reason Brooks quit Facebook is because he doesn't know his login and it's tied to his. <laughs> it's, in it
5: to my, it's in it. The
2: only reason I don't have Facebook is because. Years ago, I tried to log in and I got it so long ago it sent my uh, u, uiowa.engineering.edu u email that I don't know how to get to. So I'm like, well, that's it for that. It was a, it was an easy go- let go.
4: I think it's Facebook is fun because people that, especially boys in high school that called me dyke and threw things at my head, now are like, hey Nina, looks like you're crushing it. <laughs> <device soon>. Want to <laughs> grab a drink? I'm like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> you think I'm over this? I know it was 15 years ago, but I hold on to grudges.
1: <laughs> yeah, Facebook was just, I was just testing. I would just basically go on to like test an idea for a joke, just a principle of something and wait for the people to attack it so that I could figure out how to defend. It. So to make sure I had all, it was watertight. That's all I was using it for, essentially. And then I just got to the point where I was like, I'm just going on here to vent when stand up started to go away. I was like, well, I'm just, this is not a healthy thing for me to be doing. And I shut it down and like, I, Twitter doesn't even bother me anymore because everyone talks about how hostile Twitter is, but it's like comparative to what was going on on my Facebook. It's a fucking warm yeah. bath; like it's not nice. It's
5: also like it's it's- Facebook is.
4: It's crazy. I was
5: listening to something or heard something. They were talking about how conservative Facebook is compared to other social media platform users, and it's like insane. Yeah. Like For old people. Like leftists, leftists, old- leftists use uh, social media more than conservatives, but. On Facebook, conservatives, like, far out are, are, like, far more prominent or far more, like, they have a much louder I think voice. Facebook than is, like,
4: one. the new Yelp. Like, I think people just go on there to, like, because that's the thing. The people that actually actively use Facebook, they will, like, just go on these insane rants about, like, I went to this auto repair shop, and the guy that was working there as a woman – actually talk to me like this and that and they write this whole thing and then there's people that want to fuck that person and they're like damn that's fucked up you're right that's fucked up <laughs> and it's like yeah i do i'm friends with like hot girls that stu- lo- lost their mind and so they're on facebook and they like write these crazy things and you're like dude and then there's people like wow like oh, no. yeah like fuck that business i'm like
3: I love dudes who are trying to fuck chicks in the comments, and it's like you know other people can see this shit, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty blatant sometimes. And you're just like, whoa, that's that's Ooh. that's not going to age well. Like, that's I pretty-
5: think they really—it's fucking wild that they're just like, yeah, come over here and sit on it. My
4: favorite thing <laughs> is when guys will comment on a picture and they'll be like, check your messages. Like, I'll get that on some Instagram post, and they're like, check. I DM'd you. <laughs> <And I'm> like. <laughs>
5: Yeah, oh, that's—I don't know a lot about talking to women, but that's pretty desperate. So, like, <laughs> say, that's like being in—that's in, like being in a circle at a party and be like, "Text me." <laughs> hey,
2: that's how my grandpa met my grandma. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, I have a friend who told yeah. tells this who tells the story about how his grandparents met, and his grandpa like followed his grandma home for miles.
2: Yeah. Huh? It's Hampton yes yeah, joke.
3: Oh, no, it's not him. It's someone else.
5: It's like Grandpa stalked his grandma. Or something. It was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah,
2: the best part about that joke is he's like, well, you, you, you used to have to like deal with fights with like, well, well, my husband burned my hand on the stove and we didn't talk for five years, but we're still married. Like, it's like <laughs>
4: <laughs> Yeah, That's come on. It's a different innocent. time when rape used to be legal. <laughs> You can't rape your wife. Yeah, come on. She married you. You can. You can. It's your. Those are your holes. You're paying for them. Come yeah. on. Yes.
5: <laughs> well, she shouldn't have been dressed like that in my yeah. home.
4: <laughs> in my home. She was I asking
5: could... for it in my home. <laughs> oh.
4: Thanksy.
5: Thanksy. No. Well, why would she have gone to bed with me if she didn't want to have sex? Uh, Trump, Trump raped his wife,
2: alleged. Allegedly, I don't want to. You know.
5: Um,
3: oh like, yeah.
2: Divorce document. Samantha? It was like super. Uh, Ivana,
3: Ivana. Court documents
2: that got out. Um, yeah, it's like horrible. And <laughs> the reason, not that it's funny, but the reason that he was mad at her is because he got his scalp uh, shortened because he didn't like his hairline, and she had recommended it, and he was mad at her because it hurt really bad.
5: <laughs> oh my god.
4: That's the funniest thing I've ever heard of If life. you
5: If you remove all the terrible legal stuff, it's yeah. a fucking hilarious statement. I,
2: uh,
3: I, I,
4: I didn't know this head surgery would be- Scalp shortened? Wait, They're you? like making up procedures you can get. You now.
3: get scalped I, I, and then they just move it down.
4: Now yeah. I'm going to be self-conscious about if my scalp is too long. Just another thing.
3: Well, to be fair, my feet really hurt
5: after I got them fattened because I didn't want to be 5'4 anymore. Like, that's <laughs> absurd. <laughs>
3: I do want to ask this before we, before we go. I want to ask uh, one more thing. I ha- Since Simon and Ryan haven't done it before, this is, my, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people. But you have a time machine. It's a shitty time machine. It can only go to any comedy performance in history. Which one are you boys going to? And then the rest of us who have done this before will judge you silently. Simon King... You don't say my half hour. (laughs) (laughs) Can I go
1: back back to uh, February 2000 and stop myself and just (laughs) and be like, you can have a life. You don't have to do this. And just tell myself horror stories or teach myself to make a fucking noose and get it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'd I'd love to see a great show in concert. Like, I'd love to go see Dick Gregory or I'd love to go see. But really comes down to it. Stopping me is probably the best thing I could do for everyone concerned. You know what I mean? That's your killing
3: baby Hitler? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I was about Hitler, could you imagine if baby Hitler wanted to do stand up? You'd have to talk him out of it. You couldn't let him do it. Let him be let an artist. Wow, well, though. It'd be pretty That's funny. a
4: pitch. Instead of baby <laughs> Einstein, baby Hitler, this is. um. I didn't even about this.
2: What if you just went back in time and you didn't kill baby Hitler, you just brought him back and you're like, dudes, this is baby Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I got baby. I'm not joking. I got a time machine. I have him. <laughs> to, what do you want to do? Like we have baby Hitler. Play <laughs> with him. You know, it's
4: pretty <laughs> fun. <laughs> Maybe he just like have to be sure. Hitler. Is does free will exist?
5: You, yeah. just, you just dress him up as a like a as a Hasidic Jew. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, really go, go the other way. <laughs> really poke the bear. He could have
1: been unorthodox Jew.
5: You make you make like a calendar of all the things he hated. You know, like
2: you just, oh like, yeah, him. As a, we do like one of those little baby calendars, but it's all baby Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little, t- little
1: helmet on. Yeah. Oh, baby Hitler. So we'd no. go
3: back in time with the time machine. We'd make a cute Hitler-based baby calendar.
5: Yeah, like there's one of him, like, you know, like, dressed up, like, just being very dainty and stuff. It
1: would be really fun. Then a watermelon. Yeah.
3: Sunflower head. But
5: he's still riding a Doberman pincher in every picture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look at him in his little bunker. It's so cute. it has got a little eyes peeking
4: out. I just weirdly checked right now to see if baby Hitler was a handle on Instagram that wasn't taken. It's taken. I'm
3: Everything sorry. is taken, yeah. Price it's
5: allowed.
3: How about Baby Hitler 69?
4: nine? Twenty, cuz that was actually his birthday. Yeah, it was
3: his birthday, yeah. yeah. I know baby that cuz I'm very cool.
4: Is available.
3: Baby Hitler 420. Get is it.
4: Available on Instagram.
2: You can get, get Baby Hitler
4: 420.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Oh. I feel
1: like this is nothing but bad news for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is going. I really like this whole. <laughs> Let's just flood social media with more useless shit. <laughs> baby Hitler four twenty liked my comment. Woo! <laughs> Wait, is that bad? I can't tell anymore. <laughs> you know what, baby Hitler four twenty. 420... But maybe four twenty, baby Hitler's really relaxed. Maybe he's like, oh man, if I'd have known about this stuff. There would have been no genocide like this would have been great <laughs> but, my xbox live gamer
2: tag when i when i was in eighth grade i still think it's one of the funniest things I ever did was ass maniac 666 uh, <laughs> well that's pretty
5: funny
3: like, that's good ass maniac 666 <laughs> okay fine this episode's title has changed <laughs>
4: Ask Maniac
2: 666 <laughs> is definitely a juggalo, but there's oh no God. other <laughs> oh, it's, it's definitely just a little kid in Iowa that's, like, snickering while he's playing Halo.
5: You know that story Sean Jordan had about, like, going to college, and he, like, the semester broke, and he came back for spring semester, and he couldn't remember the password to his actual, like, university email address, and he had to go into the library and show him his ID, and they would write it down on a piece of paper, and the woman... sees it and just drops her head and goes and then slides the paper across and it just says boner party sixty
4: (laughs) nine I have a really bad I had um
3: how'd you get Pizza Party sixty
4: nine. That's me. But I had a uh I had to change my password. Basically, long story short, my neighbor—I had a new neighbor moved in and knocked on my door and was like, "Hey, I just moved in. I was wondering if I could use your Wi-Fi password until the like Spectrum Time Warner cable comes." And I was like, "No problem." Give it to him. Cut to like three months later, knocks on my door and is like, "Hey, did you change your password?" And I was like, "This motherfucker has been using my Wi-Fi. That's what's so slow, whatever." So then I have to like. My roommate blurts it out to him, at like the, and I was like, fuck. So I get on the, the phone in time over the next day, change my password, and I change it to a password that she wouldn't tell anyone, which was pull-your-pants-down syndrome, okay? Now, change it to that, then cut to a month later. We actually have a, a technician. I would tell in.
5: everyone that was my password.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we have a technician so that comes into our place, and then he was like, Okay, so um let me let me do like like rewire your router, everything. So what's your password? And then I just had to I didn't want to tell him, so I spelled it out. I was like, P U L L Y and I had to like w- like just spell it out so it wouldn't and then I, I think that I, I it went over his head, but pull you your pants see. down syndrome, I think. <laughs> Great time. You're not There's gonna no record, right Mike? What'd you say? This isn't recording, right
3: Mike? No, no, this is <laughs> that's fake um wait but i do
2: i i don't hear ryan because you've been at tapings. what's mm-hmm. like historically the to just ask right the one that like yeah that's lit- a
3: good question but oh. so before the one that i asked what's one that you can brag to a comedy nerd that you were there for
0: Ooh, um i mean the one that jumps to mind is like I was at the the roast of Charlie Sheen and it genuinely felt like you saw Amy Schumer become a star. Like wow. it was palpable in that room. And so it was like between that and Patrice, I think it was, it was like Patrice's last televised set, I want to say. So it was like, it was a pretty special thing. It was also my first roast I had gone to. So that was cool. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, what jumped to mind You're for me
2: for Mitch Hedberg.
0: I mean, I, I said uh, when, when, was it Mitch Hedberg, Lewis Black, and David Tell touring? Like whatever, 15 oh, yeah whatever it was. I was like, I'll I'll catch Mitch the next time he's in town. Ooh. And that's oh. still like such a regret. So oh, man. Um, but for me, I guess I would say I, I guess Bernie Mac on Def Jams taping. Like that's another thing that's just like this crazy energetic room and like a real star making moment. Like that oh. would be incredible.
2: You're pro. You're right because it comes. It you know we all know standup doesn't come across near like it comes across one tenth of what it is live. Yeah, and that one comes across pretty pretty fucking
5: good. I'd also like. I still stand by. You've asked me this question before. Dan yes. Fan's victory lap on uh, the first season of Last Comic Standing is something I wish I'd been there for. Because everybody in the room had to be like, "What the fuck is going on to this art form?" <laughs>
3: Who did he beat, Ralphie? May? I said,
5: I'll kick him. I, I know Ralphie was on season two. I think no, maybe I, he wasn't though. I think he beat Ralphie was he on one. Yeah, yeah. I was Ralphie was a guy who would crush harder than like I saw him live a couple of times, and it was fucking insane how hard he would kill. Like in a weird way of like when you watch freak athleticism, and you're like, well, that's just something I won't learn to do because I can't jump from a three point line and Dude, dunk a basketball. Yeah, I mean, talk.
2: I forget. Who he roasted against Mike Lawrence was bad. Like, I felt, I was like, fuck. Ralphie did not know what he was signing up for. And Lawrence yeah. was just dunking on him.
5: I was like, I well, remember that one of the jokes was like something like, you got divorced and she's the she only took thing you
2: kids. can't lose is your like, weight. Except for your weight. It was yeah. brutal.
0: And Neil, I think um, Neil Brennan said when he was watching it and and Mike. Got that joke off. He was like, the camera zoomed in, and I wasn't sure if it was the camera or if it was me, like inserting <laughs> <a> zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, that was brutal.
5: Those, that was brutal. Those things, some of them are just so hard to watch. The roast battles, it's just like, it's like just watching like Mike Tyson in his prime, and then you see the guy who's scared in the other corner who's like. Well, I'm going to get $20,000 if this guy takes my fucking head off. <laughs> and they just stand there and put their arms by their side because there's no sense in fighting.
3: I turned one on and the, both dudes were naked.
0: Yeah, what? that was a thing.
2: <laughs> I went to one at the comedy store and I only went to one where I was like a judge or whatever and Moshe Kasher was a judge too and there were these two characters and I don't I don't know much about like the background. you would know more Ryan, but two characters their whole character in the, in the audience was they're racist mm-hmm. like they say the n-word, they are pro KKK and Moshe stopped the whole show and he just goes, I want to know how you two could possibly think this could further your career.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was Simon, Ryan, Nina, Shane, and Brooks. Go give everybody a follow on social media. All of them, except for probably Ryan, want your follow. Speaking of social media, as I mentioned at the top, a lot of people have been asking me about an episode with Josh Spector from July of 2019, so I wanted to repost it If you do anything online and you want an audience for that thing, Josh Spector can help you. Also, free plug for his newsletter, ForTheInterested.com. ForTheInterested or Interested.com. He doesn't know I'm reposting this episode, so he didn't ask me to plug his newsletter. But I do subscribe, and every Sunday in my inbox I get an email with links to tips about growing your audience. I started subscribing to it after this interview because he fucked me up in this. I will stop setting this up. You just need to listen to this. Here's the first half of my interview with Josh.
6: There's either 40,000 or 100,000 different versions of Facebook active at all times because they're constantly testing a million different things and algorithms. Yeah. So when people go like, how does Facebook work? Yeah. Well, there's 100,000 different versions of facebook running at any given time the other thing is now they use machine learning and all this stuff to be like updating the algorithm so if you ask people who work at facebook how does the algorithm work how do you decide what you know what i see they'll give you a couple high level sort of broad answers but the real answer is they don't even know because the algorithm is automatically changing and updating based on things that they goals and things that they've set as important
3: so I've noticed that everybody has to put link in bio now or not link yeah. in bio, uh, link in comments on Facebook, yeah. because if you put a link, mm-hmm. Facebook's like, no, they're not leaving this fucking page. Yep. They stay here. Yep.
6: But so what happens is, and again, it's it's always like with a lot of this stuff, it's always sort of cat and mouse or whatever. Right. So people realize that when you post a link that Facebook's they'll figure not it right. out. So then they start putting link in bio. So Facebook updates a thing and says, if you say link in bio, like knock down that knock down that post so it's this constant it's just like with hackers or stuff where yeah. there's a constant sort of cat and mouse but yeah I mean the, they're really powerful and there's a lot that's great about them but they're also and to me the, the, the worst part is most people that you know I always I sort of use this analogy where it's like you know imagine if you gave everybody a car to use and there was no driver's license or learning how to drive it'd be like LA yeah exactly that uh that's what this is though facebook is la yeah these things these things are super powerful and super dangerous yeah and everybody's using them and nobody has any clue on all sorts of levels yeah how even how they work people don't understand on a base level if you talk to just sort of the average person and you tell because i've had these conversations with lots of people and you tell them you know that there's an algorithm and you're not seeing everything that the people you follow share, they're surprised. Right. They don't even know at a base level that they're not... Or vice... Well, they're th- not trying to. Pr- they're not trying to...
3: See, this, that's Facebook. Yeah. They're well, not trying to promote anything and being like, why the fuck isn't that showing up anywhere?
6: Right. right. Well, and also... And vice versa. So there's, so people also don't realize, they assume... I'll talk to my mom. Yeah. Shout out, mom. Yeah. And she'll say you know she doesn't realize that when she posts something not all of her friends are seeing it so if you go into the psychology of people who are de- which is a whole other thing but people who are sort of and i'm not talking about my mom here but people who are sort of just cha- look, yeah looking for looking for likes and validation which everybody is on some level yeah by the way, you get right? fucking
3: physical endorphins right. from it
6: so if you're doing that and you don't realize that your post isn't even being shown to many people for whatever you reason you lose
3: self esteem right
6: you go oh nobody likes nobody likes my thing and meanwhile you're seeing every post you're seeing has all these likes and stuff yeah
3: so i'm always because a loser. it's being shown to you oh. because they
6: think it's engaging and
3: then so social comparison yeah. with and your it, likes
6: and it all, and then you end up getting
3: mad like why didn't they like my thing yeah
6: and it all it all spirals and here like here's the other thing they don't what's interesting is if you have like a business page or a fan page or whatever you can actually see analytics of how many people saw it right personal profiles they don't do that right so when you post, let's say you post two photos from your barbecue yeah. and one of them gets 10 likes and the other gets two likes, you assume the 10 likes was good, the two likes was bad. But it might be that the two likes was only shown to four people and the 10 likes was shown to 100. Like, so you're, not, you're just judging off the likes, but you have no context for how many people be actually a good... saw it.
3: This will be a good thing to do for people. If, you, if Facebook bums people out, if you knew somebody who's listening to this and they're just like, No one likes my photos. Like everyone gets more likes than me. I hate it. What would you just a brace like a basic consensus like a thing that you could tell those people who it bums them out?
6: Uh, Well, first of all, I think. Well, (laughs) let me start with the negative. Instagram's even worse. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) but that aside, so here's the thing. I think the first thing is people need. I think it's very helpful to put some barriers around this stuff for yourself so for example like i won't uh i won't check social media or email in the morning until after i've had breakfast after so i'm like a half hour into my day
3: not before i've had my coffee
6: yeah i don't pick up my phone and look at it i don't check social media or email for the most part after 10 o'clock at night i go to bed usually around like twelve thirty or 1 so that's like another window right When I certainly not all the time, but I will at times when I am going to check it, try to because that's the other thing. It can become such a time suck and just spin away from you that like I'll try to put, Okay, I've got, you know, I'm going to use it for 15 minutes now or 20 minutes now or whatever. You have
3: that much like control over yourself
6: with that? I'm not perfect with it, but I the morning and night stuff I pretty much stick to. Yeah. The other stuff I'll try to, you know. Yeah, it dep- But no, I certainly don't. And it's also tricky for me because a lot of this is my work. So that's yeah. another weird thing where yeah. it's like, it's fine for me to go like, oh, I'm not going to look at this stuff for a while, but yet I'm on The Facebook. person who
3: knows the most about it knows that they shouldn't.
6: Yeah. You know, look up, there's a guy, fuck, I can't remember his name. I want to say his name is, I think it's Tristan Walker, maybe. He's a guy who used to work for Google who has now left and started this huge nonprofit that's all about how do we get these things to basically yeah function bet like he's like the guy running around saying the sky's is falling like this is all yeah. bad for people um but so that that's one thing you can do is you can sort of monitor your time the other thing that is a you can sh-
3: put screen time yeah, I, I made yeah, myself you, get screen time yeah, updates
6: you can do that and there's other apps where you can i think block certain apps for certain times of day and whatever i haven't done any of those but th- those do exist the other thing is uh that you number one i think and this isn't just for your own mental health but like i think in general it actually makes these services better follow fewer people and be very conscious about who you follow if you go through and eliminate you know if you even cut 10% of the people that you That's following,
3: with muting them or No, actually unfollowing,
6: actually unfollowing. Actually unfollowing people. Actually unfollow them. Cuz what's going to happen is it's going to impact your feed So every time you remove people that you're following, this is really true on Twitter. It's true on all of them, but especially you notice it on Twitter, that if you go on Twitter, let's say you're following 1,000 people, and you get rid of 100 of them, your feed's going to look totally different. You're going to start seeing stuff from people that you haven't seen in a while. I
3: mute people on Facebook Mm -hmm. a lot or unfollow
6: them, I guess. And my feed is just like, who's this person? Like, Yeah, you're like, you don't even know that you're following it. So that's one thing you can do. Another thing is be very conscious about the stuff that you interact with. So because all the stuff is algorithm-driven about what you're seeing, the algorithm has to try to – now, there's a million factors that they use to try to figure out what you're going to like and engage with. Yeah. But the obvious ones are what you like, what you comment on, what you whatever – so a lot of times you'll see people giving, like, so let's say that, you know, whatever, if I'm like, I don't really want to see a lot of baby photos on Facebook, right? Like, I get it. I get the, you know, I sure, get it. Sure. But if I'm out there liking everybody's baby photos just more. to be the nice guy, they're going to go, oh, he likes baby photos, show him more baby photos, right? So, so your actions actually influence your feed, like you can use the algorithm to oh, work. use the algorithm to work for you as opposed to against.
3: Don't people feel so much pressure though to follow someone back to like their fucking kids?
6: I think it. I think it. It certainly used to be that way. I think it's a little less so now. By the way, they won't know when you unfollow them unless they happen to go to. your... I've gotten fucking you know.
3: text messages from <laughs> psychotic people. It's like the only thing worse than right. the actual app, right? is the thing that's like, this person unfollowed you. Right.
6: Yeah, but the, I think the thing to remember is, like, whatever your – however you choose to do it, whether you mute – I mean, muting it basically does the same thing. Yeah. Because you're not going to see their stuff. But whatever it is that you do, like, your. – your feed is a reflection of sort of whatever you've invited in. And I think this is yeah. the other thing that you have pe- a shitty house party, right? Like this is the other thing that people forget about. Right. So they're like, why is it when I look at Facebook, like it's so frustrating, it's everybody venting about Trump or whatever it is. Cause you let right? them
3: in and you engage you let,
6: with you them. You let them in. Yeah. right? Like, why are you following, you know, if, if the late, you know, if there's a journalist who's reporting on the Trump white house and everything you see is going to make your head want to explode. Maybe unfollow them like you're still going to get your share of Trump. Nu- and that look, and the core thing here, like a lot of this is about human nature. Right. Yeah. The Reality is. Yeah. We like the rage. We like the anger. We like the shit shit. These things are really malleable. So you can experiment. So I did something the other day and I did it with actually, I didn't do it with my personal Instagram account. I did it with my newsletter Instagram account, which, you know, I don't, it doesn't really matter who I follow. But you can even create a separate account for yourself or a dummy account. But what I did was I unfollowed everybody I was following. I did this as sort of an experiment and it's actually been cool. I think I'm probably going to write a blog post about it at some point. But I unfollowed everybody I was following. I went and I made a list of like 20 random topics yeah that i was generally interested in yeah so some were obvious it'd be like you know comedy and hip-hop and whatever right <clears throat> and others were sort of purposefully
3: maryland basketball yeah
6: some and others were purposefully obscure like i think i wrote down like samurai japanese culture sweet like mythology just stuff that i typically would not see but i'm like sort of interested in just curious right yeah some of them were have you seen
3: last samurai that'll take care of all those (laughs) needs for you
6: that nice that'll that'll solve that (laughs) uh you know and then some of and some of them were sort of information driven like that others of them were image driven right so like just randomly i was like oh like i literally wrote down like trees I was like, I bet there's some photographer that takes incredible photos of trees. Just okay. stuff I went – Okay. So you made I, a
3: list of d- – I made a list of topics. Topics that you were like, I am actually interested in these yeah, things.
6: I'm either interested or curious or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This is like a conscious effort to sort of change my feed and just see what happens. Yes. So I, I unfollow everybody. I make the list of topics.
3: I have like, not even done this, but listening to you and picturing mm-hmm. myself doing it makes me feel so fucking liberated. You have no idea. Yeah, no,
6: exactly. My
3: so, My Twitter is uh, a prison of yeah. just people
6: I don't yeah. know. Yep. But this is what I mean about malleable. Right. So I could and I didn't do this because I didn't necessarily care about the people I was following on that account. But I could have written down or taken screenshots of all the people I was following so I could undo it. If I didn't like it, I could always just go back and follow all the other people that I had before. Yeah. So I make this list of topics and then I went one by one and was like, I'm going to find one account that is related to this thing and is cool. So, for example, uh, the thing about mythology or whatever. And I went to Google and I would go, uh, you know, best Instagram accounts mythology. Yeah. And you might find a blog post of somebody who had been like, oh, if you're into mythology, you should follow, you know, best hip hop Instagram accounts. Right. Right. And and I would look at that as a way to sort of find, you know, I'd find one that seemed cool to me and I would follow it. Yeah. Or if I couldn't find anyone that had written like a best. (laughs) you know, the best of for that topic, I would just go on Instagram and I'd maybe search like the hashtags. Like maybe if it was like photos of trees, I would search the trees hashtag. Yeah. And in that, I would look for one that was cool and that might lead me to, you know, it took a little time, but even that was sort of interesting exploring. Yeah. Like I'd find stuff. So what I wound up with is, and I randomly picked the number 20. You could do it with whatever you wanted. But 69. Yeah. So now this Instagram account has... And I think I've actually I think I still have like four more to do, but I have like, you know, got found 16 accounts. Yeah. All of which I basically didn't know existed before uh-huh. for the most part. Yeah. My feed is completely different.
3: You also got to do the thing that you love, which is discovering.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's like it plays into the sort of curiosity and whatever. I get to see how different people are using this stuff. Yeah. Uh, the feed is more interesting. The other thing that's interesting is when you go from whatever following a thousand people or whatever it is down to 20 I saw a thing that I've never seen before, or haven't seen in forever. You got to the bottom of it? Well, they'll show you more, but you get a little thing that's like you've seen all the new posts for the I last I saw that I saw that fucking shit come
3: up on uh-huh. my wife's. huh I was like, "You got to the bottom of Instagram?" Yeah. And she was like, "Yeah, cuz she yeah. doesn't she's yeah. a civilian, she doesn't." Yeah. It was like that fucking Donkey Kong kill screen yep. in King of that's Kong. Funny. I was like, "How in the fuck?"
6: Yeah. But it's it's a complete And again, you can do it with anything. And even if you don't want to do it with your own account, you could do it. You could set up an account that you just use to browse stuff. I mean, you know, whatever you want to do. But that, but that, uh, it was really, it's been, and I just did it a couple days ago, but it's been really cool. It's a completely different experience.
3: Let's, since you brought that one up that I have on, I've pulled up one of your, your articles that you've written, Okay. uh,
6: how do you want to describe your what you do for uh, a living? So basically... You're a consultant? Yeah, it's a little all over the place, but basically there's three things I do. So the first one is uh, I'm a consultant. I help people basically grow their... Use social media primarily in marketing to grow their audience or activate their audience, mm-hmm. get them to, to take an action towards something. Uh, my clients vary from individuals uh, you know comics artists filmmakers to companies I still work with the Oscars I, I worked full time I've been consulting full time for three years before that for five and a half years I ran digital media for the Oscars so I took them as a client I continue to do that uh, I've worked with some movie studios, and then I do some non-entertainment stuff. I've worked with real estate agents. I worked with a baby sleep consultant, which was oh. interesting. I like the – it's a little uh, – it's funny. I was watching that Rick Rubin documentary. I still haven't
3: seen it. I know that you told me I should yeah, see it. Yeah, so
6: one of the things – I've always liked Rick Rubin, and one of the things I like about him or that I find really interesting – Is that he works cross-genre. Yeah. That it's like he'll work with Johnny Cash and Slayer and Run DMC and whatever. Yeah. And in some ways, I think the way I work as a consultant, like, I really like that I work with the Oscars and then some baby sleep consultant and then a comic. Yeah. And then a real estate Baby sleep and comic is about the same thing. Yeah, that's true. So, like, uh, so it's definitely varied. Um, and I, I find that helpful. So that's sort of the main way that I make my living. Then I have a newsletter called for the interested, uh, which is at for the interested.com. I've been doing that for also about three years. Uh, that has 25,000 subscribers and, uh, I publish it every Sunday. I don't directly monetize it. Although I just started to have sort of a, some, uh, an all access version, which gives people a little more content. Okay. Uh, So I do that. And then the third thing I do is, um, which I know I was talking to you about and why I was delaying doing this, but I still haven't gotten it done. Uh, But I'm getting ready to launch a uh, course to help people create and grow email newsletters. Yeah. Uh, So, and I run a Facebook group called Newsletter Creators that has like 900 newsletter creators in there. I'm super bullish on newsletters in general. Yeah. Um, Which by the way, just a quick aside as it relates to social media. So... Everybody likes to say like, oh, but isn't email dead? Like it's all about social media, blah, 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 which could not be further from the truth. Email's still the most valuable connection. It's still the most likely chance that you're going to actually get someone to see your content or respond to your message. Yeah, And I always point out. No that
3: algorithms on that.
6: No algorithms. You have complete control of your audience. Uh, it's, you know, it's just super powerful. And, and, you know, I always say that, you know, you, for people that say email is dead, like, don't you think there's a reason that all the social platforms are constantly trying to email you? Even they, even Twitter knows the best way to get you is in your inbox and not on Twitter. That's why they, that's why all the defaults are to opt in. That's why all those notifications come in your email. Like even the social platforms, know emails better. Oh, that's crazy. So, uh, or they text you though. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a whole other, uh, that's a whole other line. Yeah, but basically the combination of those things is, is basically what I do. So you wrote
3: on com. Mm-hmm. you wrote an article called Social Media Strategies for Comedians That Actually Work. Yep. And this, you had a, I've already, I was texting with you last night. Yeah. Uh, but you had a line in here that fucked me <laughs> up. Okay. Only one? No. Okay, good. The rest of it is you ever get like information overload and you're like, let's just have him come in and
6: help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I not only I get information overload, overload a lot and I also think I give people information overload a lot. Right. Cause it's like, I just see all this stuff and I see so many opportunities. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. You can do this and you can do that. And you can do Yeah. Sometimes I need to correct. If you
3: myself. know a lot about something and yeah. someone knows nothing about it, yeah. you don't know where to like
6: yeah. start. Well, and also especially, and you know, this is especially true with, With a lot of things, but especially with comedy and comedians and artists and stuff, is that, and I think this is where you're about to go in a second. But like, they don't realize, like most comedians professionally have the skill set that they should be able to kill it on these platforms, right? But they don't because they don't really understand how they work, or they're not really willing to embrace it, or they, which I think is where you're about to go. But they don't quite get it.
3: Yeah. So you you said. In here, uh, I I wrote down the actual quote. The comics who succeed are the ones who take the promotion of their work as seriously as its creation. Yep. And that has been a thing that I think a lot of comics have wrestled with for the longest time. There are comics who just got into it to make Photoshop flyers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly...
6: Have like, the opposite problem. People
3: who had fucking amazing, like, social media and mm-hmm. everything, and then, like, their act is garbage.
6: Yeah. S- YouTube and, YouTube stars that can sell out clubs but can't perform.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so there was, like, always, like, a thing mm-hmm. in Chicago where, when I was coming up that was, like, let your act speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Uh And if you bragged or if you got, like, a little bit, like, people would fucking just Mm -hmm. go after you. Mm -hmm. And even, like, if there was, like, a newspaper article about you and you didn't. Yeah. And, like, you, like, puff-pieced yourself and made Mm -hmm. yourself look good. You got, like, ostracized for, like, a month. And so that's, like, but I've always said, like, if you were a chef and your food was the shit. Mm -hmm you have to put up a fucking sign in front of mm-hmm. your restaurant to let people know where it is. Mm-hmm. And that has been like the kind of the dilemma, but yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you are good at something, you have to let people know, which is a weird thing for a comic, especially like a self deprecating comic, but here's I'm what I'm talking about myself. I yeah. guess,
6: <laughs> but, but here's what's interesting. Here's why. So this, this whole thing around promotion is all about mindset. Right. Yeah. So most artists are broke. Right. Are broke. Most artists believe that the act of promotion in whatever form is selfish. Yeah. Actually, if you're creating good work that provides value to people,
3: you should look at it. The act
6: of promotion is selfless. You're telling jokes to make people laugh. To make a certain type of person who has a certain worldview, whatever, right? Yeah,
3: but that's not why we're doing it. No, well, <laughs> yeah,
6: I know. But, like, but,
3: but like, no, no, no. I mean, right, like but, me, I do.
6: Right, right, right. But others,
3: it's not just that I'm
6: okay. That's not why. Very that's, damaged but,
3: and need the right. affirmation of I strangers. Say, you're
6: right. it's not why you do it. But the end result,
3: yes. right. The yeah, end result
6: is a benefit to the audience. You're making, you're entertaining oh,
3: for, people. You're making people right. laugh. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah.
6: So if you've created something that somebody out there is going to love. Yeah. But they just don't know it exists. You informing them that it exists yeah, is actually a selfless, it's a generous act, not a selfish act. Now, there's a lot of reasons why people think it's that's a selfish some, that's act. That's some
3: real Ayn Rand type of cool yeah. shit you got to think about. But,
6: the, but, one, <laughs> but here, so one of the problems is, A lot of people are hesitant besides the like, oh, I don't want to seem braggy and it feels – I understand all of that and I have some of that too. Everybody has that. Yeah. But the other underlying thing is a lot of times they don't want to promote because they're not sure it's good.
3: A thousand percent.
6: Or valuable.
3: No one knows if any comedy is good. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that.
6: Okay. Okay. But it's also so completely what's it may be good for some people and not for others, like right? It's, you know, it's that whole thing where it's like, also, it's putting
3: know. it's hard to put yourself out there. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like
6: mm-hmm. everybody, look, and, yeah, and people
3: are like, that sucks.
6: But I think this is the other thing, like especially with comedians, where like this is the weird promotion part because the other problem is they completely ignore their quote unquote audience until they made the video, and now I'm going to go promote the video. Yeah. If you so yeah. like, here's, here's a trick, here's a, a trick or a, a, an approach, right? If you're like, so let's take, you're a huge Cubs fan, yes. right? If you go and hang out in Cubs, Facebook groups and Cubs, whatever, and you're just genuinely a Cubs fan and you're interacting with them as a person, right? Yeah. <clears throat> that your, <clears throat> your audience is basically about relationships, right? Right. At scale. Yeah. So they, that's so different. And then let's say you made a, you have a joke about the Cubs or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. A podcast episode about the Cubs. Yeah. And then you go, hey guys, my podcast with the Cubs came out to people that you're now a part of that community, right? Then it's not as much of a It stretch. is totally different than what most people do, which is go jump into a community that uh-huh. they're not a part of uh-huh. and go, here's my thing, go watch it. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So
6: if you think about, as opposed to thinking about because the reality is even when you're promoting stuff like you're not gonna have stuff to constantly promote but if you think about it instead of how do i go become part of a community yeah or create something that builds a community around it and puts myself at the center of it yeah that i'm one of them and and sort of shared interest that then when you go to promote it's not it doesn't even feel like it's the same way you're you know, more comfortable, not always, again, comedy world's interesting, but more comfortable sharing a thing you created with with your friends. Hey, guys, look at this thing that...
3: You already have that relationship. Yeah,
6: you have a relationship. And it's not, and they're not going to be like, oh, you're an asshole, why are you promoting to me? It's like, no, I know this is a <laughs> this is a thing that you're into. So I think that's, a, that's another piece of it. Now, the other thing that goes to promotion, especially with comedy, although, again, all this is true for music and other stuff, too this goes back to the sort of pre and post social media, internet entertainment industry shift. Right. So before the way you quote unquote made it, we talked about like, you know, people are just like, I just get good. And then it happens. Right. Well, before that sort of was more true. Like you got good and you worked your way up the clubs and you got a TV spot. Yeah. And somebody gave you a show and there you go. Right, Right. Right. But now in a post social media world, The, that whole gatekeeper system, that sort of clear path that used to exist doesn't work. And the, I mean, it can work, but not the way it used to. The clear path now is, can you, and this is why YouTube influencers who don't, YouTube stars who don't have an act, but can sell out a club, can yeah. headline a club yeah. because what they have is, audience. An, is an audience. Yeah. So in the post social media area era, which makes it now possible for you to control, this is the good, this is the good and bad, right? Yeah. So now you no longer need the gatekeepers and someone to say, you can have a career. Anybody can have a career. Yeah. The downside is it's now your responsibility to have a career. It's your responsibility to build an audience. And so artists have to sort of be a little... They don't have to, but they're more likely to succeed if they're a little entrepreneurial. So what you have is you have comics and there's there's a huge shift. It's also why most older, more established comics hate social media. (laughs) (laughs) Because they go, fuck that. Like, I, I, I don't... I need to you know do this like i came up from the clubs and paid my dues and they actually look down on people who are sort of doing it the other way yeah and i think comics that are kind of in the middle of stuck in the middle of that transition age-wise yeah right like our age yeah yeah look at it and go they sort of see both sides and they're kind it's kind of weird because you look at like your role models and the people that are older than you yeah who are just like fuck, get good because that's how it works yeah. for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the people below you, you're like, Oh, that guy's just worried about, you know, like I'm not that. They should spend more time getting good. Yeah. Which they should. Ultimately it's both. Yeah. But I think that's that's younger the other...
3: comics are amazing at social media mm-hmm. and uh, not as strong in my opinion as like comics older than me. Yeah. And that is a lot of that is And they're
6: way more comfortable promoting. Yeah you know, when it comes to promotion, a lot of people think about how do I promote my stuff and get people to come to me? Yeah. That if you think instead about where are people, right. where are sort of communities and audiences gathered around things that are topics that you talk about or your genuine interests Yeah, and go become a part of that community. And by default, they're going to be drawn to your thing. So the example I, I was saying to you was if you're a Cubs fan and you yeah. go to a Cubs Facebook group, yeah. and hang out there uh-huh. and post over a couple months and whatever and comment on other people's posts, the stuff that you say because you are professionally funny yeah. is going to be better than 99% of the comments and posts in there. Right. You're very quickly going to get noticed and going to become the sort of star right. or a star within that community. Now, a Cubs Facebook group might have, I don't know, 100,000 people in it. Like I'm sure there are huge... Cubs Facebook groups, right? Of Cubs fans, yeah, right. So all of them over a couple months, when they're consistently seeing you being the guy that's posting funny stuff and smart stuff, they're going to go, "Who is this guy?"
3: Uh Right? uh, It's funny you should say that. Joe kilgallen Mm -hmm. all of like all of a sudden, started marketing himself as like this huge Cubs fan, Mm -hmm. which he is, yeah. But also, there's a lot of people who are, Mm -hmm. but. Whenever anybody has a ticket, they think of him. Yeah. And, like, when the Cubs need a, th- a mm-hmm. person, they think of him.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: So it's like – and I've noticed people do that with, like, wrestling, professional wrestling, yeah. too. Johnny LaQuesto did mm-hmm. it. Now Johnny LaQuesto works at NXT as, like, an announcer. Joe Rogan
6: UFC. Joe Rogan UFC. I Joe mean, it's Rogan a whole different thing. But I think, you know, and it, you don't have to go – and this is the other thing. I think sometimes people go, oh, I don't want to just be known as the Cubs comic or whatever – you don't have no, to. No, you
3: can join multiple groups.
6: Right. This is another thing. It's sort of a general social media tip or trick or hack or pick whatever word you want. Uh, everybody always focuses on what they post, and they overlook the opportunity in the comments and the replies. So, for example, if there's an inf- you know if there's an influence or even like even let's take I'll just stick with the Cubs analogy like if there's the Chicago Cubs main account has millions of people following it, right. I'm sure, on Twitter. Right. And a really smart, really good reply to it may not reach those millions of people, but it's probably going to reach more people than you would reach tweeting from your own account.
3: Yeah. The, uh, a dude had a really funny comment on the picture of me and Segura. Mm-hmm. And he got like 20 likes. Yeah. Off of his comment, mm-hmm. I know that that's not, like, a ton, but,
6: no, but it, I but wonder it, if that dude posted that on to, his own page. Well, what's you interesting, got, and you, if you even do it as an experiment on Twitter, you can see, you know, you can see how many people, the stats for an individual tweet. Yeah. So you can see the stats for individual replies as well. So when you go and reply to something that's popular or going viral or whatever, you can actually see and go, wow, like, this actually reached more people than my tweet on my own account did. Right. So and, and again, you don't it's not forcing it, but it, it's understanding that like a shortcut, especially when you don't have a huge, massive following
3: mm-hmm. is
6: go where the people are. Right. You know, and yeah. put yourself there and stand out. And this is where, especially for comics, there's such an opportunity because your comments going to be better.
3: Right. You know, it, but, it's but, a concept that should make sense. It's like mm-hmm. do you want to perform in front of a lot of people. Yeah.
6: Right. Exactly. Go where go. Right. Go where the audience is. Yeah. And it's funny, like and I'm just thinking about this now, but it's sort of like, is it better to be the headliner in a club with 100 people or is it better to be the opener in a stadium with 5000? Right. People?
3: Exactly. Right. Yeah.
6: No brainer. But like, so it's like, go, go where they are, you know, go where those people are. And again, with the things that you're interested in. And if you do it sort of over time, that's the other thing. A lot of times people are like, oh, they'll go there once and be like, that didn't really work. Well, maybe it didn't work that one (laughs) time. You know, maybe it didn't work that one time. And you're interested in this stuff anyway. Um, You know, so, like, let's say, like, a Cubs game ends on a big home run and you have, you know, instinctively you're like. Happened yesterday with Kyle Schwarber. There you go. You instinctively you're like, I'm going to tweet this funny line about Mm -hmm. Schwarber, right? Yeah. You might. You can do that, but you could also do that and go leave it as a reply on the right, Cubs account.
3: Right. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Here's, here are some of the tips that you gave. on on this, Again, that's the article. You can find it on JoshSpector.com. Social media strategies for comedians that actually work. And I'm assuming... That this sort of thing works if you're not a com- comedian.
6: Yeah. yeah. Most of this stuff is pretty universal. If
3: you make a little scrappy book. Yeah. If you're a baby
6: sleep consultant, you're a baby Knock sleep consultant.
3: Out. This'll work. And your stupid baby won't go to bed.
6: <laughs> uh-huh. Number
3: one, use fewer social media platforms. Yep. Every, be a specialist. Like be a specialist. Every
6: So everybody thinks they have to be everywhere. Yeah. Uh, They ignore the fact that there's new platforms all the time. Here's my favorite thing about this. The reason why you think, let's say you use. That's
3: number one.
6: Yeah. Let's say it's an easy one. It's very executable. (laughs) You know, uh, easier way into it. But let's say that you, uh, let's say you use Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I got to be on Twitter. Uh My response to that is because you don't think there's enough people on Facebook and Instagram for you to build a career on. Like the reason you think you need to be everywhere is because you think you need more people. Right. You could be on one platform and you'll have more than enough people to have the biggest career on the planet. And what happens when you use fewer of them, number one, most people don't love every platform. Right. So they're spending time doing a thing that they don't really like to begin with. Yeah. Also, all your time that you're spending on social media is now going to be focused on that. You're going to be better at it. You're just not going to spread – like, yeah. if you – and again, you don't have to – you know, I usually would say probably do – I play
3: basketball, but I got to play football and baseball because yeah. there's more of a chance yeah. to go to the pros. It's like, yeah. dude, you are LeBron James. You yeah. don't have to play football. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, and they see – you see that – what happens is they see the success on I feel platforms. that that example
3: that I just gave was perfect. Yes, <laughs>
6: spot on. <laughs> what I'm saying is be the LeBron of Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, it's – you know, it's just – but it's, they feel like they have to be everywhere, yeah. and you don't. And most likely, you'll do better if you're on fewer.
3: Okay. Follow fewer people. We talked about that. Yeah. Number three, use social media to connect, not to broadcast. We were kind of touching on mm-hmm. this. So, what, like, I don't know if we need to go back into it. But instead of going, hey,
6: everybody. Yeah. Well, here's that's, he,
3: that's the Cubs group thing that we were just yep. talking and about. And here's
6: what I'll say. Social media is a shitty broadcast prop, a uh, shitty broadcast platform. Because what people don't realize is when you post, maybe 10% of your followers see it if you're lucky. That's behind stupid. So what social media is great at is the ability to have a one-to-one connection with somebody, and especially in the case of Twitter where most things are public— everybody. I'll give a quick example. Yeah.
3: Everyone that you want to be aware of you. I was talking probably there. Yeah,
6: I was talking to somebody the other day and we were talking about, you know, I was saying like, you know, who are the people that you wish sort of knew you existed? Yeah. A TV writer. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'd love like Ryan, like showrunners. Right. right. Perfect. Give me an example. He's like Ryan Murphy. Mm -hmm. Like, perfect. Let's go look at Ryan Murphy's account. Yeah. Ryan Murphy has 40,000 followers or whatever. He tweets pretty regularly. And I looked at his tweets and most of his tweets get I don't know, five or ten likes, a handful of replies. And I was like, now here's what here's what's really interesting. If you email Ryan Murphy, good luck getting it read. Yeah. If you try to get Ryan Murphy on the phone, good luck, probably not going to happen. If you reply to Ryan Murphy's tweet, yeah, with something smarter, not pestering him, but smart, a genuine engagement. Yeah, maybe not, but most likely, because most people don't bother to turn notifications off on their phone, which they should, which is a whole other thing. Ryan Murphy's phone is liable to ding with a notification that says, You replied with this thing. Yeah. And because everybody, even Ryan Murphy, is tweeting, goes back to what we said in the very beginning everybody wants those likes yeah. and, and whatever. He's going to go, Oh, somebody liked and replied to my thing. It doesn't yeah. mean it's going to change your career. But he's going to notice it.
3: He's going to associate you with that ding, that good feeling yeah, of endorphins. You, you know,
6: he, he's going to, you, you know, you can build and I've done this with lots of people that I don't even know. You can build relationships, not just with big people, but like you can build relationships by interacting with people. Yeah. And to me, that is the actual highest value of social media. is that one-to-one opportunity that it creates. It's a shortcut that you otherwise would never be able to do. But most people don't think that way. Yeah. They're thinking about – they think about the media part, not the social part. Because there's been been plenty
3: of articles about Mm. Dane Cook. Mm -hmm. There's been plenty of attention given to Rob Delaney. Yep. Or another person who's, like, gotten big mostly off of, like, Twitter. Uh, There's Instagram models. Mm Mm-hmm. Or whatever people got big on Instagram, but someone who there's no article about the dude who networked uh, like on Facebook comments. Mm Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which makes. But it happens. But it happens. Yeah. Okay. Did I say choose a
6: specific target audience? This one is hard. Yeah. This is not easy. This is deceptively hard because it always sounds simple and then you it's very hard because like who is listening
3: to this right now? Mm-hmm. like you can picture yourself you can be like well mike mm-hmm. it's i'm a i'm right. a 32 year old white boy mm-hmm. uh out of shape right. garbage person and i'm listening to this in my toyota corolla i hope mm-hmm. i nailed somebody and my name is scott <laughs>
6: nice <laughs> i hope hey, I... hey scott shout out
3: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm in
6: by the way i only do podcasts that scott listens to yeah
3: scott fucking rules nice uh if,
6: all the Scots rule, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, but I think part, so number one, this is definitely hard because people uh, want to be like, I'm for everybody. Yeah. Which is, yeah, exactly. Which but is a, like, are you a mistake? Yeah. Right. Uh, I always, use. I think this might even be in there, but I always use this dartboard analogy where it's like, basically the reason why they want to say I'm, I'm for everybody is because they don't want to exclude people that they know will like them. Yeah. And when I say target audience, what I really mean is ideal audience. So, like, for comics, a lot of times I say, if you were going to put on a show, and I could guarantee you 500 people will be there who have never seen you before, Yeah, and they can't be famous or anybody that you know, who do you want? Right. You're going to tell me the people that are most likely to enjoy what you do. Right. Right? Yeah. So you're going to say, I want people that, like, and some of it could be demographic. It could be psychographic. You're like, I want people that are interested in X, Y, and Z. Is that
3: but, what psychographic means?
6: Yeah, it's basically what they what they want versus who they Usually are. when
3: people say things, I just like, mm-hmm, and I pretend <laughs> yeah. I know it. But that yeah. one, I was just like, you yeah. definitely don't know what yeah. that is.
6: So it's, it's ba- <laughs> yeah, it's basically like demographic is like male, female, yeah, age, yeah. that kind of stuff. Psychographic yeah. is like what they want or what they're interested in.
3: Okay. That kind of thing. So the type of person listening to this show right now is either somebody who – Subscribes to it anyway because the show's mm-hmm. fucking rad, or they saw the topic and they were like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna get that shit in my life and but learn here, some things." But
6: see, here's the thing: so when you and this makes it even harder because you're you're reverse engineering it. Yeah. So really, what you want to do is you want you go. I want to reach these people. What's the show that I create that's going to appeal to those people? As opposed to going, I create a show now. Who likes it? Yeah, that's that's even harder to do. Yeah. So like what? So really the the sort of strategic way to approach it would to be, again, going back to like if you're going to perform a show, who are those (coughs) 500 people? And you go, okay, I these are I think I want these people because they're the most likely to like my comedy, whatever that means. right? Yeah. yeah. And so now what is the podcast that's going to appeal to them? If that's the way, you know, again, it doesn't have to just be one thing. Well, what I was saying about the dartboard analogy is that, you know, it's not about excluding anyone. You're going to have lots of people who like you who aren't your sort of ideal target audience. Right. That happens all the time. But on a dartboard, you aim for the bullseye. And you still get points when you land outside the bullseye. Right. So that's the way I think about it. So you go, my ideal target audience is this. But it doesn't mean... Other, I'm turning people away. It doesn't mean other. People. Sometimes,
3: if you want to impress Jodie Foster, you go for Reagan. But like yeah. hitting yeah. Jim it, Brady is exactly. just as good.
6: Exactly. Exactly. You just want to get in the general vicinity. But if you have that, and the whole the whole point of it is, if you know, if you know in some ways who you want to go after, it it functions as a filter to make all the other decisions you're making easier.
3: Yeah, that's such a weird way to think. Yeah. If you're, it's a foreign way to think. Mm-hmm. Then you flipped it for me too on an, I I don't think it's in the article, but like I emailed you about it and you were like, it's sometimes it's harder to think of who you don't want
6: or easier to think of who you don't. Yeah. 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 No, it is like who, like everything you can think about. Like Like if you were like, who is this for and who is this not for?
3: Right. If you were just like, dude, your podcast, um, is huge in nursing homes, (laughs) right? Right. They turn off Fox News. Uh-huh.
6: They love it. They can't get it. And
3: they turn you on uh-huh. as soon as like Bill O'Reilly went off the air. They, they went listened.
6: crazy for the Scott shout
3: out. They went. There's a lot of Scots in the nursing <laughs> home and they went fucking crazy <laughs> for your. And I, was, and I would be yeah. like, Ugh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so that's the most obvious fucking example mm-hmm. of like.
6: But you could, in, you know, what's funny, you could invert it again, just the same like comedy club example. Mm-hmm. So if I was like. Yeah. Look, 500 people are going to show up. Who do you not want there?
3: Yeah, tourists. And, and you and... would have, right,
6: you would have some idea of, like, I don't want these kind of people. Yeah. And, by the way, the other cheat, the other way to do this is to look at other comics or artists' audiences
3: mm-hmm.
6: and go, I want, not that your, your act doesn't even have to be like them, right? But you're like, I want those kind of fans. Right. Like, like... Joe Rogan has a certain type of fans. Yeah. That's very different than
3: Hannah Gadsby.
6: Right. Right. Yeah. So, I assume. Th- yeah. So that can be a shorthand to go. Cause a lot of times when I work with comics, I'll, we'll talk about target audience and then I'll also ask them in addition to that, like, okay, who are the, who are the comics that you think their audiences would be most likely to enjoy you? Right. You know, right. Is it Jim Gaffigan? Is it, is Aziz then sorry, you know, they are, cause that's an easy shorthand. A lot of times I think it's easier for people to wrap their head around of like, oh yeah, I'd be a good fit with that crowd. Right. Okay. So that's another way to think about it. And then, if you once you do that, you can then look at it and go. So like, if you were, and I'm not saying this is what it is, but like hypothetically, if you were like, okay, like Jim Gaffigan's fans, yeah, then it's much easier to go. Well, what do I think Jim Gaffigan's fans are? You know what I mean? Like they're probably they're probably not young and dating. They're married and have kids, and they're this and that. And the you know yeah. what I mean. Not like,
3: not too edgy,
6: yeah. Like it becomes easier for you to sort of real edge lord Jim right. Gaffigan. And by the way, it's funny. Like you mentioned uh, Kilgallen and the Cubs, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you could see how like had you you know that's a version of oh yeah those kind of stuff. Yeah. Again, not exactly, and it's not about going after necessarily their exact audiences, but that is it is a it is a tricky question and you certainly yeah also ha-
3: for comics like you've gone into no win situations before mm-hmm. and it's gone like way better than you would ever mm-hmm. fucking imagine and you're like oh is this what type of comic
6: yeah. I am but by the way what's interesting is it's also the other part of that question that will help you besides social media and sort of building an audience it actually is also a way of positioning you in terms of industry and opportunities yes it it gives you a way to talk about yeah, forget your act for a second it gives you a way to talk about like who you're for. Right. You know, like what, and, and and that in and of itself can make you a little more unique. Right. So for example, if you, let's say you're pitching a show, not stand up, but you're pitching like a sitcom or something Mm -hmm. and you're going in and you're pitching the sitcom, but maybe part of your pitch is talking about, you know, this is who I resonate with.
3: I'm Roseanne Barr in right. 1986. Right. I'm huge. I'm speaking
6: to these people. Housewives in and the this, Midwest. So now what you've done, what's really interesting is you've now given a framework to the person you're pitching to look at your show through that framework. Because if you don't do that, they're looking at the show and what you think may be a new version of Roseanne mm-hmm. or speaking to that audience. Mm-hmm. They might, if you don't frame it, they don't, they go their own way. They may not see it that way,
0: yeah.
6: right? So yeah. they may they may be thinking you might be going like, you know, this is for whatever. Like this is you know. Oh, they
3: might have it wrong. Yeah. You'd be like
6: you know. It's funny. I can't remember where I saw this, but I read a thing that was talking about the importance of genre in general with like movies and music, especially movies. I think it was about, but it was it was everything.
3: The genre doesn't exist in comedy for some reason, right?
6: But what they said was the whole reason genre exists. Is because basically they did. They oh, it's a frame
3: of reference for the audience,
6: right? And so they did. They did some market testing or whatever. They did research, and what they found was when you show a movie to an audience and tell them upfront what the genre is, mm-hmm. they're way more likely to enjoy it. The exact same movie, you show it to the same audience without telling them the genre, they get confused. They had different expectations. Oh, they wow. thought this guy usually makes this kind of movies. So you're setting yourself up. You're framing every your work. Yeah. Both on a micro level of like a podcast or a macro level of your career or whatever. You're setting
3: an expectation. You're
6: setting it up. You're giving them a way to go, oh, okay. I, you're you're sort of leading them where you want to go. Okay. Because for all you know, for all you know, you go in to pitch the you know, to pitch the T V development executive. And for all you know, in his mind, he's like, This guy is like hipster LA comic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And in your mind you're pitching the next Roseanne. Right. So he's looking at the show expecting hipster LA comic, and he goes, "This isn't yeah. good, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. if it's framed up, he's going, oh, "Okay, so even if he thinks you're a hipster LA comic, he knows you're hi- now you're a hipster LA comic who's created the the Roseanne show, right?" So now in his own mind, he's like, "Oh, all right, I see what he's de-. you know he convinces himself it's even cooler than he thought it was before."
3: Yeah. That makes total sense. This one, number five, I think is gonna. I think that people. Number five is you don't need more followers. Yeah. You need more of the right followers. Yep. And that's. They they all kind of go together. Mm -hmm. Again. Mm -hmm. Here's my question Mm -hmm. Isn't social proof a motherfucker? 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Yeah. Uh, If someone's like. Go to meltdown like five years ago, it's fucking packed. Mm-hmm. You can you might not be able to get in. Like people think that's hot shit. Yeah. If you go to a restaurant, let's say, and no one's in it, mm-hmm. your food's gonna not taste as good. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna be like, What the fuck? Like is this is this shitty? Mm-hmm. No matter what, if if mm-hmm. no one else is into your thing, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you have that vanity number Mm-hmm. You look like you're ready to swap me down, so no, I'm going to let no, you no, have no, it. No, no,
6: no, 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 it's, I, I think it's... The look that Josh was giving me was uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know mm-hmm. what Well, you know what that look actually was? Because what I was thinking, because what I want to say is, it's a little bit apples and oranges, but what I want to say is, like, the social media follower thing is completely not true, and they're all bought and fake. The look is because I know that most of the people on the other end bookers buyers whatever are fucking idiots so they don't know (laughs) to look that it's fake Uh so they go oh this guy's got a hundred thousand followers and every one of his tweets has one like Uh and it's like that's not real you know so so (laughs) i want to say like the you know a lot of people in the industry and not just the entertainment industry but like a lot of people they don't look close enough and so they all just they, whatever. the whole entertainment industry it runs is, on social proof. Right. It is cha- that is changing a bit. By okay. the way, brands do that too. Like the yep. amount that brands are paying influencers who have fake followers is insane. Uh, and I can
3: tell stuff too cuz like yeah.
6: I'll have like someone who has mm-hmm. like
3: 40,000 followers mm-hmm. promote something I did mm-hmm. and you see like no actual organic reaction to it yep. whereas like the same post from somebody who has like a real legit yeah. 40,000 mm-hmm. is like completely like, engagement and, like, yeah, comments,
6: Yeah, you can tell. I mean, there's a big difference. But I think the – so, yeah, social proof is what it is. Uh, but the point of that is – do you know uh, – have you ever heard of the thousand true fans? Yes. Theory? Okay. Yeah. So that's certainly – If you
3: can get – your true fan is somebody who will spend I money on like, anything that you're doing.
6: Yeah. Yeah, they really, and I think like the, his model of it was, or just the example. Kevin Kelly is the guy who yep. wrote this blog yeah, post you a can, few years ago. Kevin
3: Kelly, a thousand, a thousand true, true fans. fans. It's yeah. a pretty yeah. short thing. Uh, Tim Ferriss talks about it yeah, all the time. It gets
6: talked about a lot. Yeah. Uh, but basically, he's like, look, if you get a thousand people to one way or another spend $100 a year with you, that's $100,000. You're doing pretty well. Right. Like that's in you, most cities, get that's to, a right, that's a great living. Right. You in get, LA, that's a decent living. Right. Especially to do your art full time yeah. and you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. um but I think you What know, are we talking
3: about? I would fucking love to make that a year. <laughs> right, exactly. So what I what I but what <laughs> you I You can go to my Patreon. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. This is a good time for a plug. Uh, yeah, that was Josh Specter. I put the second half on my Patreon in the $1 tier. If you want to finish that one, that's where that one lives. Again, his newsletter is ForTheInterested.com. If you want a larger social media following, he'll give you some great ideas. That is the show. Thank you for listening. R.I.P. Michael ClickDucket. Love you.